Whether you're on the go with a summer vacation or decide to spend your free time with a staycation, the No-So's got you covered. Relive your favorite era of wrestling with New Gen on a Mission, Wrestling Warzone, Extreme Three-Way Dance, or the Ruthlessly Aggressive Podcast. Keep in touch with the modern era with GC Dub, Clotheslines and Headlines, you know what that means, and Viewer's Choice. Or sit down and nerd out with No Holds Barred, WWE War, or The Wrestler That Was. It's summertime, and the living is easy. Because you've got the North South Connection. NorthSouthConnection.com. I, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, am an unqualified success. wrestling promoter throughout North America. I kicked every one of their asses. The fraud, the messing with me. What's your secret? More than any one quality that makes me the successful man that I am. Ruthless aggression. So I want to know here tonight, as you stand here on my ring, which one of you has that quality? Who among you has that one single ingredient? Who has enough? North South Connection, welcome back to the Roots Aggressive Podcast, episode 80. Um, all right, we're on the go home to uh, to Bad Blood 2003. Keith, you're with me. We finally made it to the uh, the penultimate, uh, I guess we could say, of this little your little mini journey. How's it feel? It feels wonderful. It's been a it's been a journey. <laughs> no, it actually has been. It's been fun going back and like rewatching these Raws and Smackdowns and I look forward to uh talking about bad blood. So Yeah, so we've we've got one week left, which we're gonna cover here on the show uh tonight. I think uh I think we just dive in. I don't know. I I have one news note, but I think I'll I'll mention it when we get to it because it's sort of relevant and it actually comes into play at right at the beginning of the show, dealing with uh our old friend Goldberg and how things mm-hmm. have been going with him backstage because um, well documented his, this little jaunt in WWE was maybe not the smoothest for uh, old, old Bill. <laughs> Bill. I right. forget his name is Bill sometimes, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, Bill Goldberg. How about that? Yeah. Bill Goldberg. <laughs> right. Like just imagining someone walking around, like calling him Bill. It seems odd to me. What's going on, Bill? Yeah, I, w- I wonder if when he played for, like, the, the Falcons, if they just, if, like, his name was always, but, like, has he always been just Goldberg, you know, like, even when he was in college and stuff, like, I mean, some people are like that, you know? 
Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, that's true. I mean, our pal Gruny. There you <laughs> that's go. right. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, but anyway, we'll fire it up. So we are. Um, we'll start with the June 9th, two thousand three Raw. We. Um, so we mentioned many times before too. This is a Raw exclusive pay per view, the first brand exclusive pay per view. So it'll be an interesting week because we have Raw is kind of doing the normal going into a pay per view thing. And I do think it helps Raw focus a little bit more than they have because they have to fill out the whole card. We'll get to it, but they at least have all of these things that they've had to set up that they can give attention to. And then SmackDown, as we're going to see, is kind of in a different spot where they're trying to figure out how to work this when they don't have a pay-per-view. So they're almost treating this show, not the whole show, but SmackDown, like having a few featured things on here to kind of, like we talked about the Ray match last week, we'll have a a pretty big moment on there to end SmackDown. So they're trying to like maybe throw in a few things to kind of tide us over before SmackDown has a proper pay-per-view. It's just, it's interesting to see them do it because by this point, WWFE, whatever, has been in this kind of same cycle of the monthly pay-per-views for so long that they're they're in such a like uh mode of you know four or five weeks you know built to something pay-per-view start the cycle over it's mm-hmm. interesting to see them try and you know do this a different way now having to go you know the brands are gonna have to start going about you know more like two months between the shows so to see how they handle that because they're such in their they're in such a formula by this point they've been doing this right. for like nearly 10 years right right agreed yeah, so. it'll be it'll be fun. I mean, God, look at it. This this raw though was not that great. <laughs> I'm right. just gonna say right off the bat. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not, and, and we'll get to it. But it's like I feel like they give everything time that's gonna be on the pay per view. Like everything gets a spotlight, but yeah, none of it in any kind of real interesting or like compelling way. No, but it's but it's odd because looking back at like last week's raw. Like last mm-hmm. week's bra, like even though it wasn't the go home, that felt more like a go home because it was it seemed like a much more exciting raw. Like this one just kind of mm-hmm. seems like just really weird. I know they had just come back from like England and they had just done like uh-huh. insurrection over there. So maybe this was right. just kind of a you know, maybe they were kind of just burnt out, you know, from doing like the quick travel from I mean, because they went from like they went from like California right to like England and then they went right back to like they're in like Texas and doing house shows again so maybe that was kind of what it was is that they're just like you know or actually no those I think the house shows are oh because the house shows are Smackdown so maybe just and they're in Florida right now so maybe they're just beat you know just waiting to get to the good point yeah yeah it's very possible and I I believe like reading about I think the insurrection pay-per-view is like was a little troubled. Like they changed the card like multiple, multiple times. Like, oh, really? They, like, like they're about to have the show and the card wasn't even set yet. So mm. they were kind of like trying to. So I don't think it was the smoothest show. Like I think there was a lot of change, right? Mm. So yeah. So that could have something to do with it. But anyway, we're uh, we're live from Miami here, as you said, Keith, uh, mm-hmm. in Florida, and we uh, we start with Triple H backstage. He's confronting Stone Cold Steve Austin. Wants to know who the ref's going to be. Austin says he needs to be patient and he'll find out when he finds out. But until then, have a nice day. So, <laughs> case case we didn't know, I mean, it seems pretty right. obvious at this point. <laughs> have a nice day. Uh, but uh, still a mystery, as we're told. But um, And they're doing the whole deal where they have the Hell in the Cell in the building tonight, even though there's not an actual Hell in the Cell match, as they do at times uh, to 
you know, hype the cell. Because the cell, to, to be fair, at this point, it still had some novelty, right? It hadn't been run out sure. there so many times where it wasn't, you know. Now I feel like the Hell in the Cell has kind of lost a little bit of its luster. Very much. Because of uh, they've done it so much. And then you had the whole Twizzler, <laughs> the Twizzler colored uh, Hell in the Cell. That didn't help its ambiance either. Nope. No, it did not. And yeah, I mean, this is right. Well, this is still like, this is like you said, this is the era when that was the end of a, that was the end of the feud. That's the ultimate blow off of the feud is the hell in the cell. And when they would bring that out for the pay-per-view, then you knew it meant something now that they have the hell in the cell pay-per-view and usually one, at least one of the matches that they put in the cell is just stupid because it has no real buildup. It's not a blow off. It's kind of just like, Sometimes it's even the first match between the two people in this in this current right. incarnation of the feud. So, yeah, no, this is when it still at least has some luster to it. So, yeah. Right. So that's here to kind of hang over the ring to remind mm-hmm. us of what's to come on Sunday. And then we'll get into our first match tonight. Goldberg is actually going to be fighting here on Raw, which is a bit of a rarity. And he's going to be facing uh, Rosie, formerly a three-minute warning that I guess is broken up at this point. Mm. Um, so... You know, this goes about as you would expect. Uh, it's really all about Jericho. Jericho's up on the top of the ramp, uh, sitting on a chair, kind of just watching the match, kind of keeping his eyes on Goldberg, possibly distracting Goldberg. Uh, you know, Rosie, had a few, I didn't really see any reason for Rosie to get any offense in here. He gets a few shots in. Like, to me, I would just have Goldberg come in there and just totally annihilate him and, like, stare Jericho down. But as it was, it was still pretty much a squash. Like, uh, you know, Jericho teases a run in a little at times, but then he just kind of scurries away. Goldberg hits the spear, hits yeah. a jackhammer. Um, old Rosie couldn't get up too much, though. It wasn't the most, not a ton of elevation on this jackhammer uh, due to Rosie's uh, girth, but, you know, it was fine. It was, I thought it was fine, but it didn't have that, like, I think when Goldberg's hitting at his best, he's got it. There's like a certain electricity to it, and it didn't have it here. I, like I said, I don't know, maybe if you just have him come out here and just totally destroy Rosie and, like, Rosie gets absolutely nothing and Goldberg's in, like, full, like, uh, intensity mode. But it was kind of like they worked it a bit more of, like, a back-and-forth kind of squash. I don't know. But I went half a star. It was just kind of, you know, to put Goldberg over. Uh, oh, that's hmm. – all right, I'll go half a star. I, I think originally I listed as a dud. And the reason yeah. for that is just because I feel like if Bill Goldberg, and I'm going to call him Bill Goldberg now, I think if Bill Goldberg is not in a world title or, for lack of a world title main event, he shouldn't even be on television. Like, mm-hmm. he's just like, this is just one of these, like, even just this feud with Jericho, it's not a main event feud, even though it should be, right. because of Jericho, who Jericho is, it's not. Like, the focus is not on bill goldberg it's on it's on triple h and kevin nash and rick flair randy orton Shawn michaels like that's the main that's like the main event push right now and mm-hmm. it's like it's like he's just so far down in the card at this point he might as well not even be on the show <laughs> yeah it's they're kind of treated almost like uh so i guess it'd be a good time to get, so the news notes i was mentioning so it, it apparently things have been kind of tense with him backstage. Like uh, there was an incident with the insurrection pay-per-view where like he was supposedly on the card. But like I said earlier, they changed the the show like multiple times and he wasn't going to be on it. Then they wanted him there. Then they didn't. And they did. And then I think they ended up wanting to make the travel, but he ended up, they went back and forth so many times he ended up not going. So that pissed him off. Yeah. Um, apparently for this show, the original plan was to have like, 
you know, Jericho Indrum and then Goldberg actually does go to the hospital, which I guess Goldberg felt would make him look weak. And I mean, I don't really blame him necessarily. Like he's probably right on that one. It kind of seems like maybe a little bit of a punishment for, mm. you know, whatever shenanigans happened with the insurrection uh, thing. But yeah, it's, it just seems like things are going a little rough backstage for yeah. Goldberg. So, yeah, yeah, this is just, he, he's not, he didn't fit. He never fit in WWE. I just, I mean, especially this run, this run is just so weird. It's like such a bizarre run. Like I, I liked what he did with the rock, but then after that, I was kind of like, eh, you know, and it's like, I know he really, and I know he wins the world title and he's involved in like all that, Michigas or whatever. I just I never liked I never liked Bill Goldberg anyway. So I mean it was it was gonna be a hard sell for me to have him come in and do something in this time period mm-hmm. because I always felt that he was just kind of like a flash in the pan and he and I feel like he was like I'm and I know that's like kind of a you know controversial statement but it's right. it's my opinion and you know what they say about opinions. Right. I don't think you're alone though. Uh but <laughs> there's someone this, who at least calls him Bill run. Goldberg. I would agree with you. I'm sure. Yeah. At least this. At least this run. This one year run that he's in. He's just. It's awful. I mean, maybe when he comes back and he's kind of like almost like almost like uh, Brock Lesnar, like sporadic. Like he just comes in every mm-hmm. once in a while. Like that's a little bit better because again, it's just. It's the Brock Lesnar thing where it's like he's a he's a happening, you know, he's like a he's a he's a featured attraction. He's a special attraction. He's not like I just can't see. I just can't see in 2003 Bill Goldberg coming out every week and wrestling. You know, it just seems odd. So, yeah. Yeah, they they haven't done a great job with him. They've kind of tried to rebound a little bit, but it's still he's still not totally hitting where Goldberg works. Right. Right. Um all right, we get a recap of Austin roasting Kane awkwardly last week, and uh, we then cut to um, we cut to uh, the other half. Last week we got Kane versus uh, Sylvain Grenier, so now we get RVD versus Rene Dupree here. Uh, fun fact: the local supermarket in my hometown um, was called Dupree's. So <laughs> there you nice. go. Hey, Dupree's. there you go. Dupree's big store. So there's a fun fact for you. Um, we get a big like lightning flurry from RVD as you normally get in these. He has to leg drop on the barricade. Um, Dupree takes over real basic stuff. He's doing like stomps and chokes in the corner. Um, Rob comes back, misses the five star, but uh, still ends up winning as he hooks uh, Dupree with the uh, kind of like the leg scissors roll up variation that he does. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah with this and he takes the win here. So um, I gave this two pretty much off RVD because he's so entertaining, but mm-hmm. yeah, the continuing trend of the, uh, the French not impressing me with this. They just have not done anything. And I know we've talked, you know, repeatedly that they're supposed to be kind of chicken shit heels, but they've done nothing in the ring to make it no. seem like they're even like it. Like I couldn't tell you one actual wrestling move he did besides just like stomps and strikes. So yeah, not much happened yeah. there. Yeah, I mean, I agree with this. I think uh, it's it's odd that we, with the go-home and, you know, the champions pinning the challenger. It's funny, last last week he wrestles Kane, mm-hmm. and yet you would have thought that, like, Sylvain Grenier would, would wrestle Rob Van Dam this week. You're right. He doesn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Right. 
Yeah, it doesn't bode well for Savon Grignier. Yeah, I, I said he did, but you're right. He actually did. It's been Rene Dupree both times, which is Savon weird. Def- <laughs> definitely, definitely a red flag as to what Mr. Grignier can do in the ring if they, <laughs> you know, like they're messing up the symmetry of the, you know, the tag teams facing each other in singles matches. It's so bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're they haven't been good either. But they they double team Rob until you expected Kane to make the save and he does not. So we're wondering, has he been affected by Stone Cold um, you know, dressing him down? What's the deal with Kane? Because he does not come to RVD's rescue. So um definitely looking like these two are headed for Splitsville. You can kind of yeah. see this uh, you know, a mile away. Yep. where they're going with this wrestling one-on-one type of deal. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right, Keith, we then get introduced to the uh, the Redneck Triathlon wheel is unveiled. So we were told they would have a Redneck Triathlon. So we get to see what the possibilities are going to be for this at Bad Blood between <laughs> Eric Bischoff and Stone Cold. A few, we have cow tipping, uh, monster trucks, uh, various ones. But Eric spins it and lands on a pie-eating contest. He seems very excited about this. He said he loves pie. Uh, but Austin explains, uh, do you know what they mean when they say pie? Like, when The Rock says pie, you know what kind of pie he's talking about. Uh, Eric does not seem like he knows. So Austin says, you know, Eric, it's poontang pie. Uh, so <laughs> so uh, um, I like during this, too, Austin does, like, Austin is so good at these, like, kind of weird subtle comedy things like uh he does the whole like not that there's anything wrong with that when he's like he's like you know it's poontang pie is like do you like pie and like eric's not sure it's like i mean if you don't like pie that's fine like he does like there's anything wrong with that i mean if that's not your thing you know <laughs> which is like uh, that popped me pretty good oh yeah yeah absolutely i mean i i said it last i said it last time like i loved i loved steve austin's like comedy that he did here um, it's just, this was a great time. I liked, I liked when Austin was like the co-GM. I didn't like when he became Sheriff Austin later this year, but I liked when he's co-GM. I thought that was fun. So, yeah. So we'll see what this, I mean, <laughs> Austin's implying that the paper draw, they're going to have a, a contest where they have to, you know, perform cunnilingus. I yeah. guess we'll <laughs> guess we'll have to see what happens. Oh, sure. oh yeah. I, I think I, I think I sense. What's coming down the pike, if I remember correctly, if I remember. Right, so the, the memory's coming back. That's good. I know you're a little hazy on the... I'm a little hazy on the all. details, but when I saw, like, Poontang, I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, so, so a little teaser for uh, the pay-per-view. But, like I said, they're they're hitting all the boxes, right? They're giving everything a little time. We got the Redneck Triathlon, RVD and Kane showing up. Mm-hmm. That You know, they're, they're checking the boxes, right? Yeah. Um... All right, we get a flashback to Freddie Blassie. As we talked about, he recently passed here. They show his last appearance when he showed up on Raw with the Dudleys. Um, we get like a touching tribute where, you know, you have a lot of guys in the back and Vince himself giving some thoughts on Freddie. Um, it's always boring whenever you, you know, like, well, the Vince we're going to see later on SmackDown. And then we see like, you know, you know, real Vince when he's doing these like somber things or talking about how influential Freddie Blassie was. And mm-hmm. he was like a member of their family and stuff. And then later we're going to see him be this like diabolical, like cartoon character villain. It's kind of funny, like the contrast. Yeah, it is kind of it is. It is. It is. It's that it's like it's like when the 
I know it's horrible <laughs> to say, but it's like when the Crispin Watson dies, and you remember that the week before was Vince right. getting in, Vince getting in the car and the friggin' car exploding. Right. And right. it was supposed to be like that was supposed to be the continuation of that nonsense on <laughs> Raw that week. Right. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. oh boy. Right, and he's, he's he's in this tribute giving his like serious was you know Freddie Blassie was a true legend of the business. So. <laughs> and then it's later on, he's like, "I'm gonna bang my daughter Stephanie." <laughs> right. What? What is going on here? All right. <laughs> yeah. All right, we we get to this cracked me up. So we see RVD confront Kane about not coming out to help him, and just angry RVD just cracks me up. He's just <laughs> like, like the stilted like acting, like him trying to act angry. He's like. Hey man, what the heck was that all about? They were beating the snot out of me out there, brother. Like, this is crazy. You know, you better get your head in the game, Kane, because we have a big match at the pay per view. Like he's so, like <laughs> him trying to act like he's angry. Like he clearly it's, it's not. <laughs> right, straight from the script of like one of the video games. That's what that is, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> right. Oh boy. Yeah, so he's obviously pissed off that Kane didn't help him. Kane has no response. So Kane clearly troubled after Stone Cold spoke to him. Apparently he's mm-hmm. gone through something. But again, definitely, you know, this team's that they're, they're heading for the they're hitting the skids. Not long for the yeah. world. You beat the side of me, man. Kane, where were you? It's not. He's a I'm furious. <laughs> yeah, the snot. Beat the snot of me, man. <laughs> I mean, in reality, we know what was going on is Robbie and Dan was, he had just finished a blunt and he's like, all right, I guess I got to record this now. Right. Right. Yeah. And they're like, uh, all right. So just think of something like him acting. It's like, so just think of something that's made you angry. He's like, I don't know if I've ever been angry, man. (laughs) Yeah. I I smoke (laughs) a lot of weed, bro. Wait, why is Ravi my Ravi Adams now is like Matt Matt Riddle now? I don't know. Well, <laughs> same, I mean, same guy, right? Not too. Yeah, I mean, in the ring, out the ring. Uh, anyway, all right, we head to our obligatory uh, women's tag team match that we've got like the past three weeks. Uh, pretty much a carbon copy. We have Jazz and Victoria versus Trish and Ivory here. Uh, another hard hitting, a lot of energy in here. Some stiff chops going on. Uh, they kind of in the early going was much more of like a chaotic brawl than any kind of like formula tag match where they kind of settle into a groove. Um, they finally get to that, but the early part was just like, you know, Katie bar the door, whatever you want to say. But um, Ivory ends up getting isolated. They work into more of a traditional tag match. Um, I thought Jazz had that kind of, uh, she's like roll, like a rolling underhook suplex, which is yeah. pretty good. Mm-hmm. Victoria hits like a senton leg drop. It's all the moves you want. If you want some moves. Like I said this last time, but the women here pulled out the moves. Sure. Um, and then we even get the same finish as Ivory steals it again, beats Jazz with a roll up. So they, I mean, literally just copied the same match and threw it out here again. You know, it's energetic, some cool spots, but it just, um, it just feels so repetitive. So I, I give it two because I'd hate to, I don't want to like dog them because I just think, you know, what can they do when they just keep pushing the same match mm-hmm. and pretty much the same angle out there. But I, I think they, you know, I thought there was some cool spots in here. It's just so repetitive. It was, I mean, it's a shame that this didn't lead to anything for the pay-per-view, you know, I mean, I, you would think mm-hmm. it would have, I mean, two weeks in a right. row, you know, Ivory kind of stealing a win from jazz. You would think that that would have led to something, but it didn't, but yeah, no, I, I agree. Two stars is good. I think that, um, it was a short match. It wasn't very long, but, uh, 
Yeah, it would have been good to see them go a little bit. Long. I, I, I am enjoying though the women of Raw uh, these days, you know. So that's kind of that's kind of cool, you know. Yeah, very spirited. I feel like the word would be like, you know, it could, you know, it's got the energy and stuff. They're just given like nothing to work with. They're yeah. gonna have to go out there and get over the same exact angle. Like it's yeah. still so mailed in. Yeah, I mean this, yeah. but that's that's early two thousands female wrestling i mean you know we're not that far off from going back to we're not that far off from bikini bikini matches and we're not that far from coming to bikini matches again you know i mean that's just kind of how they were so yeah it's true all right we had the christian he's mocking the uh he mocks the spin rooney and he tells us that he's challenged booker t to a spin rooney contest so that's our big um you know, stand off between Booker T and Christian before they bring in her continental title match. It's going to be, it's like the, uh, the, you know, the, the pose now. It's like the, uh, old, yeah, uh, like the ultimate warrior pose. Oh now. yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Except it's been a contest. Uh, Jericho comes in with his bike. Christian says he's been embarrassing Goldberg. And, uh, Christian says he's worried. He says Goldberg is going to kill Chris Jericho. And Goldberg said, no, he won't because he's been playing right into his hand and he's in Goldberg's head. So, <laughs> Good luck, Chris. <laughs> right. So, yeah, just them kind of going over. So we'll see the Spinner Rooney contest in just a second. We get our Insurrection highlights. So just going through that pay-per-view. I can't say. I don't know if I've ever even watched that, even on the network. Like, I don't know if I could tell you a match from that show, honestly. Uh, I don't think I, I've never watched any of the. Uh, I don't think so either. England, yeah. Like the England pay-per-views. I mean, mm. Yeah. I, I mean, I didn't. We're very anglophobic. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. I mean, I didn't even watch Class of the Castle. That was like a great pay per view. <laughs> right. Anti. We don't watch any of that crap. Oh, right. no. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So we head back to our next match. Cruise along here. We're going to get uh, Scott Steiner. He's going to be facing uh-huh. against Lance Storm, who we haven't seen in a minute. Uh-huh. Uh, Lance gets full jobber treatment. Doesn't get the uh, doesn't even get an entrance. Uh, Tess uh, Tess is on commentary. I don't know what Tess was doing, but he has like no voice. Like his voice is shot. Like I don't know what. I guess he had a good time on the UK tour because yeah. he is struggling to speak. Uh, he's dogging Stacy. Uh, they're asking how why you know how could he break up with her? He says makeup does wonders for Stacy. You know, the the match is just, you know, some basic back and forth until, you know, Storm's one move. He gets like a springboard clothesline mm. after Tess distracts. Uh, those weird Stacy's on the outside with Steiner. And she at one point she said, come on, Stein. <laughs> it's just so strange. God. Reminds, reminds me of uh, in the uh, Canadian Stampede build or whatever where uh, <laughs> Goldust called Stone Cold Stone. <laughs> come on, Stone. Come on, Stone. All right, Stone. Yes, yeah, Stacey. Come Stein. Who's ever called it? Stein. Um, but anyway, he hits the uh, the downward spiral to win it. Beats uh, Lance Storm pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Tess hits the ring immediately, hits him with the big boot, gets a chair, plaster Steiner, knocks him out with the chair, and then and a very uncomfortable uh, uh, piece here. We get him. He grabs uh, Stacy by the arm aggressively and says you don't want to be my girlfriend oh that's okay and then he says i'll make you my whore and then kisses her and like twists her arm i was like good <laughs> lord this is <laughs> this is something uh but 
I don't know. I'd probably give this match a half a star. It was just nothing. It was just all a backdrop to the, uh, you know, Steiner, Stacy, and uh, Stein, Stacy, and Tess. Mm-hmm. Little, I don't um, know if you can call it a love triangle. Honestly, it's a, it's something. God, it's a triangle of terror. Um, <laughs> can I, can I, can I give this a negative dud? I mean, I hate this. <laughs> I mean, poor Lance Storm. I just feel bad for Lance Storm. Like, come on, man, really. <laughs> Like, they should have just put anybody else. I'm sure that, like, you know, Barry Horowitz was was wandering yeah, around somewhere. Yeah, gives, I mean, other than Lance Storm, like, that poor guy. No, this is terrible. I hate Scott Steiner. I hate Scott Steiner. So, yeah, this is a dud. And Test is in that amazing, wonderful Test phase where he's at now, where he's just, like, juiced to the gills and just, you know, running on steroids. Like, no wonder he was hanging around with Scott Steiner at this point in his life. <laughs> Yeah, this yeah this match will be the uh, you know burn a hole through the cup and <laughs> <in> your <laughs> match. Yeah. Right. So yeah, L- good luck, good luck, Stein. What do you think of this very uh, aggressive test with his uh, "I'll make you my whore" thing? It's, was... it's, it's 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 like the definition of roid rage. I mean, right? Oh God, and like Stacy Keeble, like why is she agreeing to do this? Like I don't. God, and then saying makeup does one like Stacey Keeble is like one of the most attractive women in the world. <laughs> like, what is he talking about? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess it's like they want him to be a big douche, but it's like it's a bit extreme here to have him. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, anyway. looking back at it, and obviously the post Me Too movement eyes and stuff, it's just it's crazy when they would do these really aggressive mm-hmm. angles with women because it's just that's just it's so like. It's just so like passe at that point, you know. Like it's, right. you know, like what are we in the fifties? Is this mad? And it, it's also odd because I feel like, like in an old school wrestling show, like say if Steiner gets knocked out, like his one of his babyface pals would have came in and like put a stop to this. Yeah. Where here it's just like he's doing this, like assaulting this whole Everyone's like, oh man, what a dick! But like no one does anything. Like no. No, right this is that weird <laughs> it is that weird thing where like no other baby faces come to save you i don't understand that i never yeah like they're in that. front of a crowd of twenty thousand people or whatever but it's as if this is happening like in a vacuum it's, yeah. yeah it's a strange strange world <laughs> all right the poll they did a poll for the uh who's going to be the ref and i was honestly surprised at the result like 62 percent, which was the overall majority but still like like how is it not like 99 percent of people think it's going to be fully like who yeah. are these like well they were like Tim one of the people on there on their poll was like Terry Funk and he got like eleven percent of the vote. Like <laughs> like that'd be so amazing if they got Terry Funk to rough a match between Triple H and Scott I mean uh and Kevin Nash in two thousand three. I have no idea who these people are. <laughs> they were the same his were the same high tops from when uh, Mick got thrown through the cell <laughs> that he got choke slammed out of. Last time I was here. I lost my <laughs> shoes. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I mean, those are clearly just, those are fake numbers. I mean, that's just, that's what that is. Uh, They're trying to throw the scent off of Mick Foley, even though, you know, Stone Cold's doing everything he could wear the friggin' Mankind mask <laughs> to <laughs> give it away. <laughs> right. Right, you could have been like, oh, I can't tell you who the ref is, but he is the best-selling author. And it's like, okay, I think we know who you're talking about here. I'm not going to tell you who it is, but I'll tell you, this dude sure loves a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Well, right here, and he brings them right out. So Austin brings out Mick Foley. Of course, he is going to be the ref. Uh, he heads to the ring. Mick is standing in the cell. Uh, he says, you can take Mick out of WWE, but you can't take the WWE out of Mick Foley. He says he goes and travels around. He talks to kids about bullying and reading. But all they ever ask him is, what was it like to be thrown off the cell? And uh, <laughs> Triple H comes in and cuts him off and says, this doesn't concern Mick. He's not a wrestler anymore. He's just a nobody like everybody else in the crowd. And uh, if he remembers, Triple H is the one that retired him in the cell. Mm. And uh, Mick rebuts and says, you know, you did. You beat me. But, you know, what you couldn't do is keep me down because I walked out on my own power, you know, uh, with my head held high, et cetera, et cetera. Triple H tells him to back out, don't get hurt. Like keeps pushing this old day, like you're an old man, you're retired, you don't need to do this. Um, which here's the thing about this. Like, I think it was well done what they were doing, but it's just like the flare stuff. It's just another example of like like they literally just get Mick in here for like one night and cut this promo. And like this was more heated than anything between Nash and Triple H. Like they're trying sure. their best to add any kind of juice they can because they know the Nash Triple H stuff. It was like, it's so flat. And like, so anytime they're doing this other stuff, like, like it was a nice little face off, but it just feels odd because it just feels like, a, like we're doing all these other things, but it's like Triple H and Nash don't even really interact very much. And like, yeah. like Triple H is always cutting a promo with somebody else. That's not Kevin Nash. It's just very strange. Right. And I think that that's, that's a big key though, is that just Kevin Nash just doesn't have any, like you said, juice, like Kevin Nash just doesn't have any juice because he's just, he, you can tell it's, this is a very weird era because it's just, mm-hmm. you could kind of, it's almost like they're tr- like with the Goldberg thing too, with the Bill Goldberg thing, excuse me. It's that they're <laughs> trying, they're trying to go and get these guys that were, you know, huge stars in WCW. And now they're trying to like figure out what to do with them in a, WWF post attitude era, you know, way. And it just, it doesn't fit like Kevin Nash doesn't fit anymore, you know? And that's why what's funny because like you just mentioned, like with the flair interaction with triple H and then this McFoley interaction, it's like, it's got way more into it than anything that Kevin Nash is. Plus I think at this point, like everyone has known and it's been beaten to death just how much like, how many how many buds they are between the two of them? You're like they're like best buds, and it's it's just it's silly. Whereas everybody knew that Triple H and Shawn Michaels were best friends, but it was kind of like even more believable. And that's probably just the credit to Triple H and Shawn Michaels, you know. As mm-hmm. as I just don't think I think Kevin Nash, the hype on Kevin Nash is just it's his hype, you know. It's his hype, and I like Kevin Nash, I do, but it's his hype, you know. Yeah, it's just weird. Like, he's having this back and forth with Foley about, like, their history together and everything they've yeah. been through, which he hasn't really done with Kevin Nash. And that's what the feud should be. And, like, obviously, they have a lot of history together as, yeah. you know, being the click and all, but they haven't really let them do much, like, facing no. off against each other. Like, it's it's just so odd. But they're doing anything they can to get something out of this. But, you know, it just it's like a weird vibe because it's like, well, it's not really about, like, he's even saying it. Triple H says this thing. He's like, it's not about you, Mick. But then they just have this, like, really heated promo. It's about me and Nash, who, uh, who's not going to come out here right now. It's just it's just weird. Yeah, you know what almost would have been better? And I know, it, I know it didn't work out. 
um, for him. But, like, it almost would have been better if this was a feud between Scott Hall and Triple H. Mm-hmm. If, like, Hall had, if Hall was able to hang around. I know, I know he didn't hang around for various right. reasons. But I almost feel like it would have been better if it was Scott Hall. Like, I kind of wish Scott, I wish Scott Hall had, had the, the respect and the, um, I guess whatever it is that, that, that always had for, uh, Kevin Nash. Like everybody loved mm-hmm. Kevin Nash and kept like giving him his opportunities and everything to be like the top star. I felt like Scott Hall had the better opportunity. He should have been, he should have had that opportunity, but obviously he had a lot of demons that messed everything up, you know? Right. Yep. All right. So we'll keep going along here. We have uh next matchup now is going to be the car Kane versus Randy Orton. So oh, yeah. Orton finally kind of getting back going after his injury. Uh, Flair comes out, gives him a big intro. Uh, and, I, and again, I was like excited. I'm excited to see like evolution, Randy Orton, like heel mm-hmm. Orton, like mm-hmm. kind of, the beginnings of him being Randy Orton. Like we've, we've had a lot of false starts with him. Like he started, he was kind of like the baby face rookie. He gets hurt. He comes to join evolution. He gets hurt. So I'm excited to see him actually get going in earnest now after all this kind of, you know, kind of all the stalling out. It's. So, um, but anyway, so hurricane has HBK with him, I guess to counteract uh flair, um, I like uh, Hurricane in the very early going. He goes for the eye of the store, eye of the Hurricane to like try and finish this quickly. Um, but Orton is able to survive that. Orton moves well as always. Like even this early, he's just so smooth with everything he does. And Hurricane is really nice too. Like he always is like good fire, so they work really well together. Um, Flair gets on the apron, so Sean decks him. Um, of course, Flair bleeds immediately. Like the moment he gets touched, uh, Orton. And uh, Orton actually gets the win here with the first RKO. Obviously, I don't call it that, but uh, it was cool to see. It's mm-hmm. I always like to see the evolution of these finishers. And, like, this one is, like, he hits it quick. Like, um, you know, it's it reminded me almost like when Austin first started doing the stunner. It was a yeah. lot more, like, jerky and slow. Like, here it's kind of a lot more deliberate the way he does it. Like, definitely not the RKO out of nowhere. It's very, like, he sets it up, jumps, yeah. and and does it but uh, it is a cool finisher but it'll be fun to see like the evolution no mm-hmm. pun intended of the uh of orton in the rko but uh yeah this was so we get a little scrum afterwards hbk beating flair down the, the whole thing it was like it was like a good old two for one we get to see orton like you know him starting to get some in-ring stuff in finally after the injuries and then you have flair and hbk on the side just to kind of give a little bit of juice to them since they have the match at the pay-per-view. So, you know, I would have going to star and a half. I think as a package, it was basic, but totally fine. Yeah, no, I agree with that. That's a good rating here. Um, it is kind of cool. I like I like the, uh, the RKO, like the, the seeing it for the first time, which is kind of, or at least that I can remember the first time, which is kind of mm-hmm. neat. Um, so yeah, I do like that. So that was kind of, that was kind of cool. Um, again, it is, it's funny seeing the hurricane in this, but, uh, in this kind of like ongoing overall arching feud, but still good. You know, it's always great to see Flair bleed and see Shawn Michaels get in there and mix it up. So, yeah, I agree. Yep. Like I said, it's, it's nothing amazing, but they're just kind of making sure like mm-hmm. running through all the feuds, right? Like HBK or Flair, Flair at the pay-per-view. They kind of did their, their heavy lifting uh, when they cut that awesome promo. So this was just kind of like a little cherry on top. Yeah. 
All right, this is so random. Like, so of all the people to go up to make backstage concerned about his health, it's Spike. Uh, Spike Dudley comes up to him and basically like offers to take his spot in the ref as referee of the main event. Like, he's like, you know, Mick, you know, I don't know if you should do it, man. It's you could really get her out there. Can you imagine if they're like, all right, actually, the new ref for the Triple H versus uh, Kevin Nash match would be Spike Dudley. Sounds good. <laughs> so random. It would be funny, though. Sounds great. Let's do it. Like, who the fuck are you, Spike Dudley? That's kind of like the pot calling the kettle black and worried about someone's health. This man gets, you know, <laughs> like, right. takes like these bumps that could paralyze him weekly. You know, Spike, we were both on Beyond the Mat, and I think I came out looking a lot better than you did in that show, in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> so random. Mm-hmm. All right. All right, we had to the Spinner Rooney contest here. Uh, but first, for whatever reason, King's hosting this, um, mm-hmm. which is weird because it's not like a boob thing, but he's still out there hosting. Um, and, you know, Booker T says he wants a King or Rooney, so King does his version, which is like the Homer Simpson, like running in a circle on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> little spin deal. Yep. Um, uh, Christian comes in, says that's ridiculous. He says that uh, he calls King sh- uh, Shimp. Which I think Jr. corrects him and says, "I think you mean Curly." <laughs> Jr. expert on the Three Stooges. Gosh. Um, uh, Christian just says, uh, "Everyone must have ordered a pizza with some extra pepperoni," um, and he just does like an awkward robot dance that is in no way like the spinneroni. Uh, finally, Booker do- does his, which is you know, the true spinneroni, I guess, and then they fight. Christian bails out, uh, but then as Booker T's going up the ramp, we find out Christian was hiding and then sneaks in a belt shot. So, uh, yeah. I mean, this was entertaining enough. I, I like King doing the Homer Simpson spin. Oh, yeah. Peeper Rooney's a funny line, but yeah. Um, you know, I guess it makes sense on the feud. Like, they're not going to have this big heated thing because the whole thing is about Christian being like a little dweeb. So, this right. kind of fit into that. Like, I guess conventionalism say like this intercontinental title match, it should be a little more like have a little more gravity to it, but they've kind of just built it around Christian being a dope. So this just kind of adds it. So it's fine, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. It's, it's a good moving along the storyline between Christian and Booker T. So that's good. And it makes Booker T look good, you know? Right. And again, they haven't, they haven't built this as like a classic, like intercontinental title matchup, like a, you know, Sean versus Mr. Perfect or something. No, no. It's been like Booker T is going to beat up Christian to pay-per-view because he's a little dickhead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. We then get, so we can't, the, I guess it's not going to be the white boy, five minute white boy challenge this week because Rodney Mack is not facing a white boy. He's facing Devon Dudley. So Uh-oh. I guess not sure. So Anyway, and he's got his new protege, Rodney Mac. Chris Nowinski is uh, in Teddy <laughs> Teddy Long's stable here. He's got the uh, – I'm trying to think of the the mask. I'm trying to think of who in my watching basketball I'm most uh, is most synonymous with that mask. I want to see – there's somebody on the Nets like in the early 2000s, like when they were good, they used to always wear it. It wasn't Kenyon Martin. It was someone, but – I don't know. I always associate that mask with basketball players. I think Paul Pierce wore it for a while. Too. Yeah, and then there was um, oh, who was the guy for the Celtics that wore it a lot this year? I can't mm-hmm. believe I forget. I'm like, oh my god, I would be my my brother would be pissed if I if he heard me right now. Um, yeah, no, that's that's the yeah, it's the it's the Cody Rhodes mask, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. 
So Nowinski's in that. Uh, Teddy tells us that Chris Nowinski is impressed because, I guess, because he went to Harvard or something. <laughs> um, but they kind of go back and forth. It's, it's you know, Rodney definitely not dominating this. Uh, kind of lame in the beginning, too. Like, Rodney works a pretty long nerve hole. That was kind of lame. They've... <laughs> You know, like any juice he had, I feel like it's kind of fading. Like this match, he ends up winning, but he needs Teddy to distract, you yeah. know, and it's much more of a back and forth match than any kind of squash. Um, the choke as a finish is okay, but, you know, you could you could tell them that they're starting to like lose any kind of, like they're not sure what to do with him because it's like, uh, you know, they're putting the win to Winsky and... You know, like he's just doing the same thing every week. It's not really progressing to anything. So I, I want to start the match. It was whatever. But yeah, it just seems like in any plan they have for Rodney Mack, they like don't know where to go next. So he's just kind of floundering. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think a star is about right. Um, it, it, this is just, again, I don't know where they're going with this. So yeah, I guess they're going to, I guess it's leading to. But it's like Rodney Mack doesn't seem like he'd be in a tag team with Chris Nowinski. It doesn't make sense. So I guess it's it's just a it, it's more or less a thing for the like creators got nothing for the Dudleys, so we'll just pair him up with Rodney Mack for now. I guess I, I don't know. Just odd. Yeah, it's just like here's uh, Rodney Mack comes on has a match every week. That's kind yeah. of where they're at with this. Yeah, that's, that's it. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Yep. All right, Goldberg. Uh, Goldberg says he's ready for Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho jumps him backstage with a chair. Goldberg kind of knows sells it as he does with like chair shots. So a uh, little quick hit there, and then we head to Austin, who's looking for Mick Foley. He tells Mick to stop being afraid, and then we get um, Triple H comes out with the cell lowered. Um, so I guess they've been playing this up. I feel like they didn't do a good job of like pushing this as a story, but like. I guess the whole idea here is that like Foley hasn't like actually accepted like, yeah. you know, will he actually accept to do it? But I feel like he did earlier in the show. Like, I don't know if he was doubtful, they didn't do like a great job. I felt like getting that over and like, seems pretty obvious he's going to accept. But anyway, he, uh, you know, he does a little bit of a fake out and says that, you know, he will be retired. Uh, he, after whatever the day of the pay-per-view after june 15th i will i'll be retired again i'll go back to being an old man and a dad triple h not happy about this he storms down to the ring um starts beating the shit out of mick but uh, as he you know trying to get mick to refuse to be ref um mick won't do it he will not resign from his, uh, his spot uh he starts firing back at triple h i thought it was a kind of tepid response when foley started beating up triple h i thought he got like a bigger pop for that I don't, I don't know if the crowd is just kind of like Foley's been back so many times that there may be a little burn on it. I don't know, but either way, or they just don't give a shit about this whole deal. I don't know, but um, Triple H pedigrees him on the chair. He goes to walk off. Foley gets the mic, says he won't quit. Um, and so Triple H comes back at him. This time he's got his Evolution boys with him to help, and they start beating him down. Um, again, I felt like it was more like respectful clapping for Mick from the crowd than like any legit excitement, which was odd to me. Um, yeah. Um, but then of course, Nash and HBK, they come to even the odds and then Nash power bombs, triple H Foley counts to three, um, to, uh, to end the show. So Nash ends up on top in his like 10 seconds total that he was on the show, yeah. uh, when he's going to be in the main event, the pay-per-view. So 
what do you think about this whole ending sequence here where we have Foley coming to the ring and getting beat up and everything? Um, you know, it's funny. I kind of agree with you with that. It was just a very tepid response to him. <laughs> and I think it could very well be because, like you said, he's I mean, Foley's last match with the WWE was in 2000 at this point. And yet he had the whole run as the commissioner. Then he had the run as like, well, when he stopped being the commissioner, did he come back again? Or is this like his first time since that? I can't remember. Right. I don't either. And it, but it's like, I feel like that's what we're saying is exactly that. Like he comes and goes so much that when you return, it's not like, Oh man, like he's back. You're just like, well, was he back a couple? Well, he might have been. I don't know. Like he yeah. comes and goes so much that it's, and you know, like even you know, you would think the crowd, like him, you know, actually getting physical would get the crowd pumped up, but it didn't do a whole lot. Yeah, it's kind of yeah, right. It just seems odd. It's yeah, I don't know. I don't. I think it's. I think it's a combination of just he 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 used all of his goodwill in that promo earlier. You know. And then that was kind of it. <laughs> so yeah. maybe that's. But what again, it was. it's just a strange thing that, like, the, you know, this is a big go home to the match with Kevin Nash and Triple H. And your ending segment is like a big. I mean, Nash comes out the last 30 seconds to make the save, but it's really all about yeah. Triple H and Foley, like, going at it and how Foley won't quit. Like, right. it's just. There shows how little faith they have in what. The actual like they're throwing that they everything. Built. Yeah, they're throwing everything at the wall to make sure that this is, uh, you know, that this is going to be a big a big sell. You know, yeah, sell S E L L, not C E L. Hey, <laughs> but yeah, but anyway, we wrap up the show. Yeah, like I think as we're going to the paper, it's like an intriguing card, but like this was such a paint by number show. Like, yeah. really didn't have any kind of good matches. Like I've been saying the whole time, it checks all the boxes. Like we heard about every match, every match got time and they did something to quote unquote build it. But really I didn't find any of them were all that exciting. The most exciting was probably like Mick, but then that's just kind of baffling. It's like cool. And like they had some good moments in it, but it's confusing because we barely saw Nash and he's the guy who's actually in the match. So yeah, and then most of the other stuff was just kind of like perfunctory, like, hey, here's the people in the match. Here's them doing something. You know, here's RBD getting mad at Kane, so you know they're going to break up. It's just very, like, yeah. paint by numbers. Which is, this is the bad, like, this is the bad part of, like, this, you know, ruthless aggression era, you know, where <laughs> it's just this very, it's very paint by number, like you said. Right. So, so I, yeah. I went like three and a half on this one. Like, I don't think oh, there's God, much. That. Yeah. <laughs> I've, been doing, I've been doing this pot a while. <laughs> this is two and a half of me. I mean, what's memorable about mm-hmm. this? About this, The most memorable yeah. thing about this whole episode is probably the, uh, the spin the wheel, make the deal thing, you know? Yeah, that's really not. You don't get like a good match, really. You don't. No. Yeah. It, yeah, wow. it's a rough one. They Yeah. Yeah. Just totally forgettable. I'm with you. <laughs> and that's right. what I said for a go home show. That sucks. I mean, the previous week was excellent, I felt like comp- I mean, especially compared to this, but like you had some pretty good stuff the previous week, you know? You had um you know, you had Kane getting dressed down, you had 
that Booker T Goldberg Gold Dust match with the uh, Jericho and mm-hmm. uh, and Christian. You had um, you know the whole uh, mm-hmm. yeah. You had the Flip. the flare mm-hmm. match. And, yeah, no, I thought that was, and then even the women's match was. I mean, it's just so weird. Yeah, no, yeah. I think you might have you might have had a good point with the, them coming back from the UK. It's like, look, we just got to write this show, get the pay per view, just get everybody out there to remind, yeah. you know, what the matches are, and you know, do our thing, and then kind of put on the back of Foley, like the novelty of Foley being there, and call it a day. So right, right. Well, I had the SmackDown, so this will be the June twelfth, oh three SmackDown. So SmackDown a little bit of a different position because they will not be featured on the pay per view. The the big uh, the big draw here is that we get a, a rematch between Brock and Big Show for the title. Mm-hmm. We are live from Orlando, so mm. we get a recap of Ray's big win last week. And uh, like I said, we're going to get our kind of like our de facto pay per view match with Brock and Show later. But first, to open the show, we're going to get a rematch from the uh, awesome match we had last week where Ray won the title. Matt immediately going for his rematch here against Ray Mysterio. Uh, he, uh, we also see that he beat up his MFR, so his followers here, um, oh, no. very angry at them, so mm-hmm. they do not accompany him to the ring. Our Matt Fact, he is too handsome for a mask, unlike Rey Mysterio, so mm. there you go. Um, but I, I like the way they went about this match, because they kind of played it differently as, you know, Matt's more aggressive because he's pissed off about the loss, but Ray kind of used that against him, like he has all the counters. Um, they give you a little bit of suspense because Ray's selling the groin still, so there's a few moments of maybe peril. Um, I thought it was a really good near fall when Matt hits the Splash Mountain, but he just keeps coming at Ray. Ray keeps hitting the counters, fighting them off, and then finally Ray takes it with the uh, the West Coast pop. But I love the energy here. I love Matt coming in with the aggression, gave a different vibe than the, you know, it was much more like a. Um, like Matt trying to get his revenge after losing, then them kind of working a slower uh, title match like they did last week. Mm. Under 10 minutes, got in, did what it was supposed to do, hyped up the crowd, a good solidifying win for uh, to Ray to really put him over as the new champ. So I ended up going three. I thought it was a, a good way to open the show. Yeah, three. Three's good. I would even say, dare I say, like, I wouldn't go three and a half, but 3.25. I mean, mm-hmm. it was just, it was good. It was a good back and forth. It's a, I mean, this is... Like you said, this is they're putting everything out. They're basically, I mean, this is kind. Even though they're under the same company, this is kind of when I feel like this part of the brand split, where they're like, we're going to show that even though we're not getting a pay per view, we're better than the show mm-hmm. the team that's getting the that's the show that's getting the pay per view. So, you know, good way to start off a banger of a show. You know, mm-hmm. right? Great one for Ray to yep. you know, like I said, to solidify everything. Kind of reinforce how we ended last week. Yes. All right. Uh, we get um, Piper's Pit International Edition of Piper's Pit here. Because our guests are going to be Eddie Guerrero and Tajiri. Oh. Um, so, of course, Piper has uh, tequila and sombreros and also sushi out. So, that's his way of... <laughs> sushi. Uh, uh I like that Eddie is like obviously like Piper's trying to be an ass about it, but Eddie's like still super excited. Like he's, uh, he said he's always dreamed of coming on Piper's pit. This is amazing. So I love his energy here. Yeah. Piper says, uh, says you know their whole thing is that they lie, cheat, and steal. And Eddie says, I'm just being honest. I mean that's what we do. Um, 
Uh, they want to hold the belts, but Eddie denies Sean O'Hare the chance to hold the belt. They managed to get Tajiri to agree by giving him some sushi. So um, he allows Sean O'Hare to hold on to the tag team belt. But O'Hare refuses to give the belt back, so Eddie wants to beat his ass. Um, Tajiri spits some sake into their faces, and the party has crashed as Eddie and Tajiri uh, beat those two up. So um, this is fine. I think, you know, um, anything that has Eddie out there being Eddie is like, cool with me because he's just so fun at this point like again i love his excitement like instead of being like you know he just tries to make the best of it and then we get some silliness with tajiri spraying the sake it was quick it only took a couple minutes so i was entertained enough yeah no this was uh this was fun it was a fun interaction between them yeah no complaints on this right much better than like a 35 minute piper's pit with mr america exactly (laughs) Exactly. Right. So, all right. So we we keep chugging along here. We have um. All right. We see that Sable is using Stephanie's computer, looking for uh, Zach Gowan's contract. So very important uh, business dealings here. Um, it is revealed here that uh, Stephanie's going to be bringing back the U.S. title, which is something that uh, Sable uh, saw in the documents. Uh, but Stephanie. <laughs> To use a Bob Backer word, she's not going to be kaboofed by Sable. She knows what Sable's up to, she says, and she's not going to be, uh, I guess, outsmarted by Sable and her, you know, nefarious ways. So just establishing that. Not much sexual tension in this one, Keith. No, not between these two, thankfully. <laughs> right. I don't need it. <laughs> right. All right, we have a, a big return uh, here tonight also. So we head to our next match, and it's going to be a returning Billy Gunn versus oh, yeah. uh, A-Train. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tori comes. Are you you're an ass man? You're, are you an ass man, man? <laughs> well, I'm an ass man. I'm actually a one Billy Gunn, so yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Great song. Yep. I was kind of, I didn't know what he was coming out to at this point because I don't remember him totally that much from this era, like post Billy and Chuck. So I was like, I wasn't sure if he's going to come out with the the one Billy Gun song, but he's in full ass man mode here. Tori is our guest ring announcer, uh, mm-hmm. and so the whole thing is that she's like into Billy Gun and his, you know, his buns. She says he's the best buns, uh, but best matches. Buns. It's a it's a Billy showcase, like. Uh, a train gets a few moves in, but Billy, you know, comes back, hits the stinger splash, hits the famous sir, and takes care of a train pretty quickly. And then he gets the pleasure of spanking Tori after, and then they, uh, Mm -hmm. they, uh, they walk, they walk backstage together. So yeah, I wasn't upset to see Billy gone back. He had some nice energy. It was cool. Interesting to see what they do on whether on SmackDown. Much better than, uh, any interaction between Tori and uh, Sable. So, yes. <laughs> right. And I think on SmackDown, there could be some interesting matchups, right? Because it's been, he's been gone for a while and he's like more in the singles role. So I could see it. But I mean, I want to start in the matches, whatever. It's just like a pseudo squash match, basically, just to reintroduce us to uh, the one Billy Gunn. Mm-hmm. The one Billy Gunn. Give it all you got. <laughs> I just, I mean, it, it's just so funny that it, where, I mean, just well, probably like almost a year, almost a year removed from the uh, Chuck and Billy 
mm-hmm. fiasco. Like what? Right. I always love to like it's, it's such a yeah, it's such a wrestling thing that he just comes back and like no one mentions that yeah, no, that was a thing. Yeah. Like no one mentions it at all. <laughs> yeah, I remember that wedding and all those. That was wild. They're like, no, hey, look, it's Billy Gunn. Like he's a totally different human being. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. All right. So I thought the FBI versus Undertaker uh, feud was over, but they fooled me because here we are again. It's going to be Undertaker versus Johnny the Bull, Stamboli mm-hmm. or Stromboli, I think as Taz says sometimes. Yeah. Uh, still doing this um, for whatever reason, I guess, because they got nothing else going on. Uh, Taker lays in the soup bones. We're in full soup bone mode now with Taker, where, you know. Yeah. Big old always- ham hocks. Yeah, so uh, a little bit of Nunzio diversion here. That does nothing, though, for Johnny the Bull as Taker keeps pounding him. He finally gets some offense in. He gets a little leg drop. I thought that was pretty good. He's kind of a stiff, but he has some, like, decent power moves. Like, his punches and stuff don't look that great because I feel like his arms can't bend, <laughs> old Johnny the Bull. But when he does some slams, oh, they're pretty good. But uh, Taker wins it with the last ride, as you would expect. Um, so... Then the FBI jump him after the match with chair. So I I guess it keeps going because I just don't see it ending with Taker getting jumped and not doing anything about it. So I, I don't know. I don't know how many weeks we can go with just like Taker having one out like these matches with the FBI. They just like kind of aren't going anywhere. I don't know. Star and a half. Um, oh, God. Star and a half. Uh, all right. I'll give a star and a half. I mean. Whereas I said on Raw, I do not want to see Bill Goldberg in the mid card. I am totally okay with seeing the Undertaker in the mid card. <laughs> it just it makes it seem like it. This is the kind of guy that elevates the mid card. <laughs> you know, right. not that he's elevating uh, Johnny Stramboli, but uh, you know, I guess he could be doing something. But hey, look at this Chuck Palumbo. <laughs> right, like, There's the other half of Billy and Chuck. <laughs> Oh, God. He joined the mafia. Chuck Palumbo, he he freaking vetoed Spatter for over here. (laughs) (laughs) He uh, he did it like reversed. He reverse vetoed. (laughs) He reverse vetoed. He stopped taking his blood pressure medication. (laughs) (laughs) He got a note from his doctor saying that he doesn't like to suck cock. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize. That's amazing. He did it. Uh, he, he he went from the gay wedding to joining the mob. Reverse veto. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, no, start a half. <laughs> All right. All right. It's time for our big arm wrestling contest oh, here. God. Steph's out to host. Can we talk more about Chuck Palumbo. Oh, God. <laughs> freaking thing. Oh. I swear to God, that's the only thing I don't like about you now, is that you reintroduced me to Zach Cowan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway. All right, so we steps out to the arm wrestling contest. Sable interrupts her, but then we, we start to get started. Vince comes out, and he is juiced, like, <laughs> insane. Like, he's, oh, he's about to burst. <laughs> God. <laughs> He is like Royal Rumble 99. I love it. It's so good. Oh, my God. Insane. But Hogan, or I should say, I'm going to say Hogan because I'm tired of saying Mr. America. Mm -hmm. 
takes too long to say. Hogan confronts Vince and says that he's going to be doing the arm wrestling. So if he want, you know, face him, put that, says something, what is it, like put that string bean arm up here or something, and I'll put the 24-inch Patriots and let me do it. <laughs> Sable, uh, Vince is, of course, reluctant because he wants to face that guy. But Sable whispers in his ear, and then all of a sudden Vince agrees to this. Um, but Vince says that if he wins, Hogan has to leave the arena so that he can face uh, Vince can face Zach Gowan in the originally scheduled arm wrestling contest. So they start off left-handed because Vince wants to make sure that he has this fresh arm for Zach Gowan. Mm-hmm. Um, so they start with the left hand. Um, Hogan flips him off with the hand that he's uh, arm wrestling with. So he's about to beat Vince, and then Sable uh, stops, claims that Hogan's cheating. So we reset. They switch to the right arm. Vince is so red to all this when they're actually doing the arm wrestling. Like he is just like beat red. Mm-hmm. Again, looks like he's on the verge of hemorrhaging at any moment. Um, Steph is threatening to DQ Vince because of uh, the shenanigans. So they go to the right arm. Sable starts teasing. Hogan sneaking a peek. She starts kind of pretending like she's going to drop her top. And then finally, she flashes, Hogan gets distracted, and that allows Vince to steal the win here um, because Hogan had to look at the boobs. Um, He then orders Stephanie to leave the ring, and he says that it's time for him and Zach. Um, Vince was trolling him, saying, like, look, I know you're nervous, kid, but just try your best. So they start. Of course, it looks like Zach's going to win. And so Vince kicks his prosthetic leg off, which causes him to fall. And Vince takes the win, um, starts cheering. Poor Zach is despondent. Um, Then Vince cuts a scathing promo. I'm saying he's like, this is exactly what it should be. There's no place for you. We want athletes, not freaks. Kicks him out of the ring. Vince is bleeding for some reason. I don't know why. Like, he has blood coming out of, like, between his eyes. Like, I don't know what the hell happened during an arm wrestling contest. Probably just he strained too hard and his, like, skin just burst. Um, but anyway. You don't think it was like that, the head, that head buddy does with Hogan? Yeah, it must have been. But I, I'd assume it wouldn't take much. His skin was so taut here. Yeah. God, it's so funny. Uh, but anyway, like, you know, I guess the whole, it did its job of like making Vince look absolutely evil. Um, I don't think eh, it's some funny moments in here, but it wasn't to me. They, they peaked with the lie detector t- test and this yeah. kind of live up to that. Like I said, it, it was another long one from all this, but it, this one was kind of leaning more towards the. Not as good. Like, if the lie detector is, like, the peak, this was probably somewhere in the middle. It wasn't the worst stuff they'd done because it was entertaining at points, but it also wasn't fantastic. I don't know what I don't know how where he bleeds. <laughs> like, what does, what yeah, like, he do? says, like, a red dot, like, on his forehead. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, um, it was pretty bad. I mean, Vince is great, though. Like, he's all oiled up. He just, it's, it's like, even the way he's like, when he raises his arms, he just like, it's like a, it's just such a weird, bizarre thing. Like, he's so tan and oiled and greasy. And I mean, God bless him for being 50 something at this point or 60 something at this point and still looking that way, you know? Yeah, he's been hanging out with Testin Steiner. He's juiced. It was preposterous. Like, he, yeah. he cycled on for this, like, <laughs> He's still cycling. Uh, He's just like, it's so funny. Anyway. 
I like too. So they, I like it after this. They cut backstage for a second and it shows like Hogan like covering Zach Gowan. Like he's like, uh, sorry, I had to look at the boobs, brother. Like that's just like basically why he lost their thing is because he looked at the tits. <laughs> that's kind of funny. Like, Which, uh, sorry, I cost you your contract, little man. Uh, that's that's not very resist. wholesome. That's not very right. wholesome, Hogan. You know. Oh wait, he's not Hogan. He's Mr. America. Mr. America can't. Mr. America, brother, doesn't mess up. Miss a pair of tits, man. Right. Sorry it cost you your, you know, your dream and stuff, but, you know. Those are some uh, A-plus jugs. And then Big Show walks by and, like, rubs it in. And so <laughs> he's like, forget it. <laughs> Absurd. Uh, I love the <laughs> fence. Uh, I need a screenshot of him when he's straining and, like, when he's so red like that. It was incredible. <laughs> Looked like he's going to burst. Looked uh, like uh, the chick from... Uh, Willie Wonka when she turns into the blueberry. Oh, yeah, absolutely. God, it's so anyway. funny. Vince. Right, so we follow up that uh, whole ordeal with a uh, Rhino and Benoit versus the Basham brothers. But the Bashams, uh, we've said they've been a little stale. Like, not stale, they haven't been around long enough. But, like, kind of just have shown up. Nothing really too distinct about them. But they have a new manager who is um, tough enough winner, Linda Miles. And she is going by Shaniqua. She is their manager, and the whole deal is she's like a dominatrix. She's like chiseled on stone too. Like, has like, um, like six pack abs that you could like, like with yeah. intentions. Like it's intense. Um, but she has like the little what do you call that thing? Like like a whip, but it's not really a whip. It's a um, uh, what oh, do you like call a cat it? Cat of nine tails. Yeah, yeah. It's like a little like uh like a horse whip thing. I don't know. Yeah. Like jockeys have. That oh yeah. Thing. Oh, what is that thing called? Um. I can't, I can't remember. remember. Yeah, I can't remember what it's Taz called. Taz has Cole is very familiar with it, though. He's like, oh, you know what that's all about, huh, Cole? Yeah. It's like, what do you see? I know, I know about your past. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, so that's their new project. They think that's going to spice things up. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty basic chin locks and stuff in there until Benoit gets in and starts throwing the Germans. But Shaniqua delays him, which causes him to uh, miss the headbutt. He still gets a crossface locked in, but things kind of break down. Rhino ends up clotheslining Benoit, and that ends up costing him the match. So uh, kind of similar to what we we're seeing on Raw. This is like breaking up a tag team 101 because it's the second time in a row Rhino is fucked up. So Benoit's obviously pissed. I, I went star and a half just for like, you know, Benoit gets in there and starts throwing Germans, which is fun. But, you know, it was pretty basic stuff. The Basham's still not really doing anything of note here. Yeah, um, yeah, I probably would agree with you on that. It's not really anything. It's just kind of, a, it is what it is. It's kind of like, it's, I would say that it, this is terrible to say, but it's the piss match for everybody that just sat and watched all the shit with Vince and, and Zach Owen and Stephanie and say, well, it's, it's the opportunity for them to get up and go to the bathroom, you know? Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, and just so they can, like, push along the angle that, like, you know, then we get, like, this heated exchange between Rhino and Benoit, where Rhino said it's a mistake, Benoit said that's two times in a row, yeah. you know, you know, pretty straightforward stuff, Yeah, which they really kind of, like, push, like, forcing this a bit, because I don't think Rhino and Benoit have even teamed much lately, but no, whatever, I guess. So, a lot of quick hitters on this SmackDown. Not giving any of these matches a whole lot of time. And the next one won't either. Because it's going to be John Cena versus Funaki. Um, 
which honestly, this is more about Cena getting his rap in. Um, he uh, he makes a, a Sammy Sosa corked bat reference, so very 2003. I remember that at the time. Uh, he talks about Cena says that Michael Cole is chasing boy bands. He says something about O Town, and then he says kick Funaki in his camel toe. Oh my god! Like uh, I like what he says that uh, Funaki gets very like self conscious. <laughs> like, so yeah. like no, he says uh, he, he he makes some of his tights saying that he's got his tights hiked up too high. Like Fudaki gets very like self conscious and looks down, but then he rebuts to Cena and says, "Does the U G L Y? You ain't got no alibi, you ugly." And then he does the robot. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> to silly. paint a picture for you, people yeah. listening at home. So um, squash city. I mean, Funaki like literally gets like two strikes in, and then Cena he tries to go to the top rope. Cena catches him and then fu's him, and that's it. So. You know, whatever you rate a squash, you know, it was much more about the rap exchange than it was this. So, I don't know, half a star, star, whatever you do for a squash, it's probably. Um, I'll do a star or a half a star. Yeah. I'll do that. I won't I won't give it a dud. I thought that they, yeah, yeah it was, it, yeah, it, you had seen his five moves of doom kind of thing, and it was good enough. Right. And you had him talking about kicking Fudaki in the camel toe. Yeah. So, yeah, pretty, pretty basic stuff. Yeah, very basic. There. All right, then we had uh, Kurtz out here to uh, address the fans after he returned last week. Uh, he reiterates that he's going back for the title, but last week he did not get a chance to uh, take care of some business, and that is to meet with Team Angle. So it's time to hold court with his his uh, protégés here. Uh, they walk down sulking. Taz says, uh, Haas and Benjamin look like they're going to the principal's office. Mm-hmm. Um, he wants to know where they were last week. He, they called in sick. Um, and they say, yeah, sick, sick of being in your shadow. Oh. Um, Kurt, Kurt wasn't there when they were fighting each week, trying to defend the tag team titles. Uh, Kurt says that it's, they went from being a world-class athletes to being world-class whiny little bitches. <laughs> and then he calls them team wangle because they don't stop crying. <laughs> um, but he says, you know, you know, it's either here nor there. It's time to discuss options so they can win the titles back. Um, Haas fires back at him and says he didn't take care of business at Mania. He lost the title and he broke his neck. All of them guilting him about breaking his neck was amazing. <laughs> like, and you broke your neck. They're like, we haven't even broken our necks. I'm like, you. Uh, they call Kurt a loser, say that they're done. Um, you know, they're tired of getting told that they suck. Kurt says that they don't deserve the you suck champ because you have to earn that. Um, they didn't try and walk it back. They say they would. They want to be co-captains and they'd be the leaders. And then Kurt just fires them. So um, this was like I thought a logical conclusion. You know, Kurt's face now. I don't yeah. think Team Angle need to turn face them as kind of like a stable. I think kind of run its course, especially with Kurt like being out for so long. I think this is fine. They're established now. They don't really need Kurt there to like give them legitimacy. They've mm-hmm. done plenty to show they're legitimate. So. I thought this is a fine way to go. And the whole segment was carried by like angle, just being so entertaining and his charisma and his, mm-hmm. you know, you know, the way he just can't carry a promo like this. So I thought this was real good. Yeah, no, I thought it was great too. It's also, I like to, cause this is now, this is when we can get to uh, the world's greatest tag team and they can kind of mm-hmm. go on their own. So I like that. Yeah, very much so. Right. And then we see that they like jumped them backstage. So just to, you know, get up, make sure that we, they stay healed. So they want them to be full on heels, not like the, uh, affectionate you suck that Kirk gets. So, 
Yeah, I thought this was, you know, this is probably the right way to go, given the situation with Kurt leaving, coming back and everything. So, mm. good stuff. All right, and with that, we're at our uh, our SmackDown main event here. It's going to be kind of pushed as sort of a pay-per-view level match. It's going to be Big Show versus Brock Lesnar mm-hmm. for the WWE title. Um, they get going here. It's uh, Brock is on his heels, uh, shows clubbing as usual uh, until Brock is able to pull the rope down, gets show on the outside, kind of backfires on him, though, as he gets Brock gets thrown to the steps. Back in the ring, show um, Dean Malenko show here pulls out a half crab. So you don't see show working too many submission holds. So that was kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, Brock kind of recovers. He tries to set up show for that five, but he's too injured from the beating. Um, he avoids the choke slam, but show hits him with a boot and a leg drop. And then they kind of work back and forth. Then they slowly make their way to the corner uh, and start going up to the top. The few teases where they get kind of knocked down and start to go back up. Um, I like how they built this spot up as they they're going up for the superplex. Like it takes them a while to set it up. Like they're really building on commentary too. Like this is huge. Like he's gonna uh, superplex Big Show, which is kind of insane. Mm-hmm. And then they do it. And as they come down, when they land, the ring fucking collapses. Um, yep. The ref is rolling all over. Uh, which I thought this looked great. Like the way they did it, whatever, you know, gimmickry they used to make this happen, I thought looked really well done. It didn't look fake. Like I love the way that it fell in like three spots, but not really on the other one. Like it made it look much more realistic, but yeah, just the way they did it, it didn't look hokey at all. It wasn't like the whole ring just fell flat at one time. They did a good job of like staggering where it looked a lot more realistic. The crowd like pops huge because I don't think anybody was really expecting this. Uh, It was a great surprise. Like, and then we just kind of end on them like it's kind of chaos because they have to end the match. The EMTs come out. Uh, yeah, we kind of end like, are they injured? We don't know. But I thought it was a really shrewd move by them. because I think the match was going pretty okay anyway. But it's a nice little way to like l- make a memorable moment out of what was kind of a stale matchup. A match that we've seen quite a bit before. So just like a cool way to like out of nowhere make this memorable when it probably could have just been like another Big Show Brock match, which I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, it was th- this is, I mean, this is one of those ongoing, like people still talk about it to this day, mm-hmm. you know. And that was just why what was so cool about it. So yeah, absolutely, I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, the spot you see it in like a million like highlight packages and stuff. Yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure it makes the SmackDown open uh, oh, in yeah. the future. Yeah, um, but. and it, and it's two guys that even though like Big Show's working with AEW, like it's two guys that have like a good legacy with WWF, WWE rather. You'll see it all the time, and it'll be you know like it's like they have to cut out a lot of shit with Eddie Guerrero. I mean with uh, Chris Benoit now it's like this is one of those things that they don't have they'll probably never have to cut out you know because Brock and Big Show are just always going to be WWF guys so right like I said to their credit they executed this well like just the way it was set up it was a great surprise like you didn't really see it coming Um, good on them because sometimes they they can telegraph things like this but they didn't they they were just like oh man he's going to superplex him and the ring just implodes and this is the first time that happens right yeah, that I know of. I mean, yeah, because I think it happens. There's like it happens like once or twice after, like mm-hmm. one or two more times, I think. And then of course, yeah, I think the, in the past it was always yeah, like in the past it had always been people going through the ring, you know, like 
yeah. like somebody gets thrown through the ring or like the ECW thing going through the ring. But I don't think I can't recall them doing the whole I like. Think, I think I even mm-hmm. saw did WWE do like a video where they showed like a behind the scenes of how like they got the ring to collapse, or maybe it was just like somebody else on YouTube have done it. But I watched like right. a video where they explained how they collapsed the ring and just it was like really interesting. Like I mean, it 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 kind of goes to the it kind of just shows the extent of like the production value mm-hmm. that WWE tries to do for entertainment purposes and stuff. And it just makes you appreciate it all that much more. So yeah, it was, it was really well done. I think it yeah. elevated the match, but so I'm going three on it. Like just cause I thought it was a good match <laughs> and it's a, a really cool ending. Um, you know, I, I, the, I the moment itself is, <laughs> yeah, it's all yeah. about like, it's, it's a tough thing. Cause it's like, you're rating the match or the moment. Like the moment is like a, an all time kind of memorable yeah. clip that you can see, that you'll see over and over again, but real cool. Um, but yeah, that's kind of like how we end it. So we don't know like whether both of them are, uh, you know, horribly injured or, that man has you know, a family. <laughs> right. We have no winner, but you know, good on them. They're like, we're not going to get a pay-per-view. So guess what? We're going to blow up the fucking ring. Yep. So goodbye them. Smart to do it on the tape show too. I think is smart of them too. That way if it did, you know, you oh, don't yeah. find yourself in like the oh, AEW yeah. with, with the fireworks gone, <laughs> you know, the uh, explosives. I didn't, even, I didn't even think of that, that this was a tape show too. Cause they could have, Jesus, they could have redone it. That would have been hilarious if somebody was like, I was at that show and they did it like four times. <laughs> right. They reset, reset the ring. <laughs> Uh, Vince, the crowd, the crowd out yells at everybody. Right. So it's this is a weird show. I thought it started good. The middle stretch is real forgettable. It's like kind of nothing matches, but I thought they closed it out real good. Like I thought the Kurt segment and then the main event, and then like the the big visual and ending moment. I think kind of elevated this. So I ended up going like five out of ten. I mean, obviously the. The ring collapsing is cool, but I couldn't go too high on this one just because so much of the stuff in the middle is just kind of like, man, like really not a whole lot going on. Sure. I think five is about right. I would say five as well. Right. Yeah. All right. So that was uh, that SmackDown. So. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's hit some awards here. Not a huge week for matches here. Um, best match. I'll probably just go with the Brock match just for the moment. But. If not, it'd probably be that uh, Ray Matt match. What do you think, Keith? Uh, I would say the Brock match because, yeah, I mean, it was it was a main event. It had a main event feel, and I mean, it had a big main event spot. So, yeah, the Brock match is a clear winner. I feel right. Uh, best moment? It's gonna be uh, the ring collapsing. Oh, it's gotta be the ring collapsing, absolutely. Or you know, Vince kicking out that gallon flag. Second, it is Vince. <laughs> no, the second best moment is vince's first entrance <laughs> yeah vince he comes out, out from behind with the with the juice of the gills and just the perfect tan yeah. of the baby oil <laughs> yeah vince looking like he just got blown up by a bike pump when he comes yep. out for the contest. <laughs> uh best show based on our ratings i think is going to be smackdown yeah yeah lvp i think i'm gonna go maybe test is a good one Rosie looked useless on this. Uh, a lot of people from Raw didn't have great showings. Uh, um, Renee Dupree, you look bad. I will go with Test because, and normally I would say Scott Steiner, 
But I would say test because I did not like his aggressiveness with Stacy Keebler. Just yeah, no, yeah, like that. that was rough. Mm-hmm. MVP, even though it's kind of weird and in fifth angle, I'll give. I'm going to give Foley some credit because he really kind of like if you take Foley off a of raw, that is really like nothing. You know, like he at least yeah. had some energy and some passion to bring mm-hmm. the raw. So I'll probably give it to Foley for trying to inject some life in that show. Um, yeah, I, you know what? I was going to give it to Angle for the... Yeah, he's good too. But I, I'll change it and I'll go with Foley. I agree with you. Yeah. And give it to the, you know, the, 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 the Klondike Bill of W, whoever did the ring, <laughs> whoever right. set up the, uh, the yeah, gimmick on guy. the ring. Yeah. Good for him. Uh, standouts on this, like if we were running down like a top five, obviously Eddie's always been great on these. He was awesome in that little yep. segment. Yep. I think Cena's good. Like Cena come out and doing his rap is real memorable. Yep. Uh, you yep. know, obviously Brock and Big Show for going out there and you know doing a match where the ring explodes. Um, Rob Van Dam for that uh, promo <laughs> yeah. in the back where he's angry. <laughs> Yeah, then a passion anger promo. Yeah. Um, obviously Steve Austin for the friggin' spin the wheel. You know, yeah. that whole segment. So yeah, no, and I think um RKO with or RKO, Randy Orton with the uh, first ever RKO, I would say. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah, he mm-hmm. looked good too. Yeah. yeah, not the worst. All right, Keith, that wraps us up. We are officially now. We're ready for bad blood, so we got it coming. We got a lot of matches up. We had Goldberg, Jericho. We get the hell in the cell. We have um, Flair, HBK. Again, like it's, you know, the Raw suck, but it's really not. It's a pretty interesting car. Like it's a loaded car as far as like star power goes. I mean, HBK, Flair, that's a huge match. Like mm-hmm. Goldberg, Jericho is at least interesting as to like how the hell that's going to go. Like, like the, there's some stuff on there you want to see, but it's just uh, the TV was not great going into it um thing of note um <clears throat> the cover of the the bad blood poster it has features edge and it says like <laughs> it says like he's back watch yours <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> correct me if i'm wrong edge is nowhere to be found on this pay-per-view right? no he's uh no he's no he's in a He's injured. Not only is he injured, he's on SmackDown, so he should be you know, nowhere near. Uh, yeah. So, there you go. Oh, wait. Maybe that's not Bad Blood 03. Maybe it's another Bad Blood. Because now I'm looking at the Wikipedia. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Can they, yeah. yeah. Okay, the that, makes, that makes more sense. Is it the 04? It's the 04 one. Okay, that makes sense. Don't worry, Keith. We'll, we'll be there in 2029 whenever I get there in the timeline. <laughs> <laughs> when I get to that podcast for when Bad you get Blood to next year, we could you could bring me back and you could say, Hey, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there we go. Anyway, thanks for joining me again, Keith. Uh you want to tell us what you have going on recently in the pod. I know you oh, I know yeah. you like to dabble. I know you uh like to graze around the pods and do different this ones. This is true. This is true. So uh I recently had my episode of a la carte with Keithy where I interviewed a uh, local professional wrestler, uh, Sean Vegan Keegan, and that was um, that was a great interview. Uh, he's currently he's a he's a grand pro wrestling academy, uh, but he's currently training out at the New Japan Dojo in California in Los Angeles, and uh, he's just he's a hell of a guy. He's a great 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 guy. Um, he's kind of up and coming. 
he's got a lot of talent. And one of the things I like about it is that he's he's a vegan, and he and I had a very lengthy conversation about veganism and recipes that we can you know try and just making stuff taste a lot better than it used to vegan vegan ways and stuff and uh so that was a lot of fun um so be on the lookout for that on the north south connection also you can hear me on Cronoso monthly and the pop video jukebox song of the day on the place to be nation pop feed and of course uh you know ruthless aggression i've been on so this is a good deal for me so yeah yeah, and check everything else out on the uh, place to or place to be nation, both the pop and the wrestling feed and the North South connection. And of course, sure. how can I how can I forget? Oh my God, he would kill me if he heard me. The uh, GFA live with my best friend in the whole <laughs> world, Petey Winston. So awesome! Yeah. All right, well, we will be back soon to finally cover Bad Blood 03. So uh... yes. I think I might just play that song underneath the whole pod for Bad Blood, just like in the background, just on repeat. Um, Isn't there a Taylor Swift song, Bad Blood, too? Like there is, yeah. <laughs> play that instead, right? That's a good point. That'll irritate. Uh, that'll irritate JT. <laughs> You're gonna bring JT on for this, right? What if we could get uh, Headstrong Taylor's version? Let's hope so. You have to see. You have to see what shenanigans wait when we get there. So we'll be covering that in a couple weeks. Uh, Keith will be joining me. We'll we'll see how it goes. We'll see how this all takes out. Thanks everybody for listening, and we will see you then on the Roots Aggressive Podcast. Gotta do what's right, can't run around in circles if you wanna build a life.
time And I don't wanna make a plan for a day far away While I'm young and while I'm able All I wanna do is 